I decree that the word of God preached today will be that empowerment and power that will penetrate your life. And as the word goes forth, it'll enter into your heart and it will change your life. That's my prayer, my decree. My faith is set that way. So set your faith with mine and uh, we'll have a great day. Uh, I started out a, uh, last uh, Tuesday with something and I'm going to stay with that a minute. I believe it'll minister to you. Uh, it, it should anyway, and this is in Hebrews 12, so bear with me, uh, we'll read uh, Hebrews 12 right now, and it says here in verse 1, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us, side, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. I will finish reading the next two verses, then we'll come back. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse 3, For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. So anyway, let's uh, let's work that out just here a little bit. Uh, so the idea was and is that there's a set race. If you read that in verse one, he talks about a set race that had been set before us. Uh, as I uh, discussed earlier in in a teaching, that set race is a destiny for your life. You know, it's been real clear to me along the way as life progressed for me, that destiny wasn't necessarily where I wound up. Some people say, well, you wound up there, that's your destiny. That's not true. Your true destiny is what God had planned for your life. You know, in, in saying that, let's just slip over to Jeremiah. Now, you, you can take notes today. I hope you will. Uh, if you're a good Bible student, you might even have a Bible open knowing that I would be teaching today. And I might say this. <laughs> Some of you are not teaching, uh, not uh, maybe accustomed to a teaching type ministry. You might be accustomed to some kind of a uh, short uh, presentation of some sort. That's fine. Uh, that's an inspiration. But with me, I'm going to teach you some things that I hope will stay with you. Uh, this is something about destiny. In Jeremiah 1, he says this, uh, Before I formed you in the womb, he said, I knew you. Now, he was talking to the prophet Jeremiah, all right, but see, he knew you in the womb as well. He knew your life. He had your life planned out uh, in the womb long before you even imagined seeing daylight, okay? And then he said that before I, you were born, I sanctified you and ordained you to be a prophet of the nations. You may not be called a prophet of the nations, but you have a call on your life too. Everyone does. Everyone's designed perfectly. Now, another thing, as long as we're in Jeremiah... Uh, and I won't take time for you to find that. You know, in a live audience, I can kind of see people checking their uh, table of context and all the things and trying to figure out where that is. But anyway, Jeremiah said also in verse 29, he said, um, I know the thoughts that I think toward you. This is the Lord speaking to you, okay? Say, this is, if I were there and we were live, I'd say to you, say this with me. I know the thoughts that, I mean, the Lord knows the thoughts that he has for you, for me. You say, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. And I'd like to ask you that, you know, how many would like a future and hope? It, it's like, 
well, maybe you don't need a future. Maybe your life is just great right now. But do you have a future and a hope? You know, I targeted people, older people, last a uh, few days ago. Uh, the reason is because I'm not a child either. I'm uh, younger than some online, but probably older than most. And, and so, you know, I have to deal with this. Is my life over at, well, I might as well just tell you, uh, right now, my life, I'll be 77 in, next week. 77. Some of you say, well, you know, why aren't you retired? Well, I am. I'm doing what I love to do. I'm living life with my family, loving the Lord, preaching the gospel, and doing business when God brings me a business activity. Yeah, that's my retirement. That's the way it's going to be. I'm not going to quit. Now, uh, the other thing about that in Jeremiah, since I'm there, and, and we're, we'll just throw this in there, too, because there's more that we'll talk about. But you see in Jeremiah 33, verse 3, he says, Call to me. I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Call upon the Lord. You know, so I'm throwing some things out today, and you say, where's this guy coming from? You know, I'm pretty happy with my life or whatever your life is. Well, that's great. I want you to be happy. Uh, but anyway, the uh, end product in Jeremiah 33, and then we'll move on, is in verse 6. Behold, I will bring you health and healing. I will heal you and reveal to you the abundance of peace and truth. That's a great promise from Jeremiah. I love it. So let's move on here a little bit uh, back into this set race. So there is a set race. There's a place that God had destined for you. As a matter of fact, not only did he have a destination for you with your specific life, but in the book of Ephesians, I can read this to you. Uh, part of God's will for your life is in chapter 1, verse Five, and he says, I have predestined you to adoption as sons of Jesus Christ, to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. You know, the first place in stepping into our destiny is to make Jesus the Lord of your life. A lot of people have never done that. I know people that uh, lived out in the boondocks where I did. I didn't know much about this. And then I know people that went to church all their life. And in, in many cases on both sides. They've never really made Jesus the Lord of their life. Well, what does that mean? Well, it, it just simply means getting hooked up with him. His destiny was for you to be part of him, part of his life through the, through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. You know, we're sitting here uh, literally days before Easter, but also we're sitting here at a time that our nation has struggled with a lot of things. And we all, I don't have to tell you about that. As a matter of fact, there's probably people, people watching today that wouldn't be in their home on, on their uh whatever they're what you're watching on if we didn't have a, a horrible thing against our nation so if there's ever a time that we needed hope it'd be today and i know that a lot of people are talking about psalm 91 i won't go there today it's been a powerful thing for my life they talk about fear and 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 i'll deal with a couple of things later but you know that i think the greatest thing right now is for us to begin to look ahead you know take this time out I'm just talking life right now. <laughs> it's like, take this time. Instead of being concerned about, well, I have to, can't leave the house or can't do this, can't do that, take this time. Set it aside. You know, a lot of peace can come into your life when you, uh, when you move on from a lot of different things. So let's move on from here just a minute because I know that uh, you won't want to be here all day with me even though I love it. But uh, uh, let's just touch back here on uh, that Chapter 12, again, he said to lay aside every weight and the sin 
that so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that's set before us. So we're talking about the race. We talked about destiny, but now it talks about a couple other things. It talk about, talks about weights. So I'm just digging that scripture out here. He said something that could stop your race might be weights. Well, if you're a distance runner, uh, you might think of pounds of weights. But, you know, if you're looking at weights, also it could mean and does mean encumbrances. What's holding you back? It can mean distractions. What's holding you back? You know, in my whole life, uh, any time I wanted to press forward, I had to stop and think, what's holding me back? Well, and a lot of times uh, I have to deal with this, you know, dealing with people quite a bit. Uh, sometimes people think God's holding them back. Well, you've got the wrong idea if you think that. What's holding you back is something going on in your life that won't turn you loose. And you know what? You know who's in control of that? I hate to say that. No, I don't hate to say that. <laughs> it's you. <laughs> you know, uh, that's why, you know, I'm, it's kind of funny. I'm, I'm teaching here in an iPad when you reverse the screen. It's everything reversed, but I'm looking at myself. You know, I'm looking at myself. What's holding me back? You know, uh, if there's anything holding me back, we need to know about it. You know, I, I ministered to a friend of mine here a while back talking about some things, and I said, look, you think something's holding back your, your blessings or whatever? All you just have to simply do is say, Lord, I just come to you in the name of Jesus, and I ask you to reveal to me anything that's holding me back. I got a call three or four days later, and, uh, you know, he said, you know what, I really, I heard some things. I heard some things, and let's talk about them, and we did, and uh, it was quite amazing. God is really able to get into your personal life and to help you, because that's what he wants to do. So, anyway, uh, before I pass that on, before I pass on that, now, we talked about weights. But it also mentions sin. Well, you know, there, there's one thing about it. There, we can't have sin in our life. But so many times, so many ministries, so many people are concerned about sin in their life. You should be. You should be not wanting to do some of those things like they say, uh, uh, you know, like they say, you don't go with, uh, I don't know what it says. <laughs> but uh, you, you let, let, let me rephrase that a little bit. There's things you don't do. But, you know, if you're hooked up with God and you've got the Holy Spirit working in your life, you know when you're going the wrong way. You, you know. Uh, that, that's the promise of the Spirit. You know, I might as well deal with that just a minute here. If I've got it anywhere in my notes, you know, the thing about having notes, you have to find what's in your notes. Uh, but anyway, there's a couple things here that you need to check out in that. Number one, are you born again? Simple. If you're not born again, how do you do it? Well, put this in your notes. You go to Romans chapter 10, 9 and 10. And if you believe that Christ died and was raised from the dead on the third day, and you believe it and receive it in your heart, you're on the right track. But read it out loud yourself. Romans 10, 19. If you're already born again, you think you've messed up big time, 1 John 1, 9. Write it in your notes. You can go there because God says... Uh, he basically, if you've messed up, he said, I'm faithful to forgive you. Confess your sins, uh, and I'm faithful to forgive your sins and bring you back into a righteous state. You can read that in every translation you want to, but it's a great forgiveness thing for us that are already born again. We're already walking in the Word. We want to make sure we're clean. 
Hey, do I ever do that? You better believe it. Hey, I know I'm perfect, but at the same time, well, God sees me as perfect. If I, if I think I've done something that isn't working for him or for me or my family, I'm going to check it out. If I need to repent of something, I'm going to do it. Of course, true repentance means you turn and go the other way. We already know that. A lot of you know that already. So how are we doing? Well, you know, in this destiny thing, before I go any further with that, you know, people say, well, I'm, Gary, I, I'm really too old to be thinking about the future. Well, you are. That could be. That could be if that's how you feel about it. However, I might invite you to do something, and I'm not paid to advertise this, but, you know, there's a gentleman on television every Sunday. He's out of Aberdeen, South Dakota. His name is Harold Salem. He'll be 98 years old in June, and you'll find him right today. If you tune into uh, some of your broadcasts, you'll find Harold Salem preaching the gospel. He's, a, he's an awesome preacher. He's, he's all over the world. This man, uh, he kind of retired from an uh, actual church uh, many years ago, and he's, he's been at this preaching a long time, but he's 97 years old, going to be 98 in June. So I'm looking at you in the camera. You're looking at my face. How old are you? <laughs> you know, and like, a, like I remember a guy saying one time or hearing somebody say this. He said, you know, you ought to go to medical school. And the guy says, well, gee, uh, if I go to medical school now, by the time I get done, I'll be 41 years old. So my, the person I was talking to him said, well, tell me how old will you be uh, in a few years anyway? You'll be 41. All right. So... Now, another guy you might make if you think you're too old, I don't hope if you ever watched 700 Club on, uh, excuse me, Pat Robertson and CBN, he was 90 years old last week, still full of vision, still going somewhere. You know, another thing I want to tell you about these kind of people, when you see them, like you look at Harold Salem, 97 years old, you look, bring him up on your TV today or next Sunday or sometime, and that guy, it's hard to believe he's 60. I mean, there's something about the life of God. There's something about vision that keeps people young, keeps them moving. Uh, and so that's enough said about that. I hope that inspires you, no matter what, to think of taking advantage of where you're at right now. You know, it's, it's just the idea, if you start looking at this a different way, and start looking at it as the empowerment that God puts into you by the Holy Spirit, uh, your life will change because change is from the inside out. But you know what? That inside is, is where the Holy Ghost lives. Uh, now let's, let's move on a couple things here. And uh, Excuse me a second. I grab a different Bible. I should have had this on my stand, but I know you'll forgive me uh, later uh, for that. Uh, so I want to go to uh, Philippians uh, 3, and this will be 3.13. just want to read this quickly. This is what Paul had to say. Now, if you know the Bible at all, you know the Apostle Paul, before he became an apostle, became a, before he wrote the majority of the New Testament, you know that he was killing Christians. He, had, he, he, he was a bad dude. So, you know, that in he when you get to thinking about if you've messed up too much, uh, you can compare your life to people like Paul, and, and there's others too, but we won't focus on that. But here's what Paul had to say, and I believe this is great. He said, Brethren, I do not count myself as having apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those which 
are ahead. I mean, no regrets. We don't have to look in the back. We don't have to look back. I mean, in fact, we must stop looking back if we're going anywhere. And then verse 14, I press towards the goal for the high prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus, or the high calling. Well, what's your high calling? Well, you know, you're fine just where you're at. If you want to be there, I'm not browbeating or putting any weight on you, but it's just that there's something you can tap into. That's where I'm coming from. And if you want to tap into that, I mean, there's, a, there's even a greater life for the person that really taps into the heart of God and your, his destiny for your life than, than it is now. I, it's just exciting. But uh, let me share something else here if I don't totally lose my notes in all this craziness. Um, so, so anyway, we, we've got that figured out. Now, let's look at, um, uh, at Philippians 2.13. And I will read this out of the Amplified Bible. Amplified's a good Bible, too. I tend to use uh, King James or New King James. I'm quoting out of New King James today. And by the way, if you want to become a student of the Bible, you need to get a, a translation like that. I, I know there's other translations. They say, well, they're easy to read and easy to read. But, you know, there's just power. There's something powerful in the King James or New King James. Uh, and that's about all I want to say about that. I know a lot of people peddle the NIV, but, you know... Uh, there's not, I don't see the power statements in there that I like to, to really enhance my life and build my faith. So I want to uh, just share this one other thing out of Philippians, Philippians. Uh, 2, chapter 2, and this will be in verse 13. And this has to do with you moving on. And, you know, if, if my message today brought something like I have to struggle or I have to strain, no, you don't. Uh, Philippians 2 and uh, 13 makes this really clear. He said, it's not in your own strength, for it is God who all the while effectually, at, who is all the while effectually at work in you, energizing and creating in you the power and desire both to will and to work for his good pleasure and satisfaction and delight. I'm telling you, it's not a struggle, but it takes the word of God. There, the words, uh, Jesus said, my words are life and they are spirit. When they're spirit, we're talking supernatural. So, you know, just taking in the word every day, getting new, new thoughts, new ideas, uh, pressing into some of these things, that's where life is. That's, that's where your life really takes on a different glow. So I'm hoping that this is bringing out some, some thoughts to you to, to move ahead. But anyway, uh, I, I just have to say that again. Vision, where you're going. You know, I, I, I can relate to uh, earlier in life when I was driving ahead and just moving hard, maybe in marketing and sales, because that's where basically I've spent most of my life. And I've watched a lot of the other people driving, you know, men and so on. But, you know, there's something about when we'd be out there just going for it, working hard, going, putting in too many hours, seemed like we'd just stay pretty healthy. But it seemed like when we back out and take a vacation at the wrong time, it seemed like our body would kind of cave in. And I'm, I'm just thinking about that. that and I'm relating that not from that physical thing, but relating that to pressing into the Lord here and asking him, Asking him, what else could I be doing with my life? How long a life did you plan for me? 
How, long, how much more did you plan for me? Let's tap into it. And, you know, if you're happy to hang it up at 65 or at 70, fine. That's good. You know, as I've told a lot of people, my dad will be, he is 101. And, uh, and you know, I told this the other night, but here's, here's another guy, pretty old. But guess what? He retired too early, sold the ranch at about 60. Moved new, near to town, got bored, went to work for a livestock company at 65. And for 20 more years, putting him at 85, he was a field man for that market. And I'm telling you, if anybody was alive today, could tell you he brought in probably more cattle than any other field man at that time. Traveled all over Montana, Wyoming, North Dakota. So what I'm just saying is, hey, it's never too late. It's never too late. It, and it, you can do it all, your, all you want to do. But just remember this, it's God's plan for your life, not mine, not yours. But there's such a glow that comes on people that have a new life. There's such a glow that comes on people that, that see this idea of let's, let's get this life going. And hey, hey, this, this little interruption in our nation, hey, it's bad. It is bad. But like I say, take this time. Just take this time right now that you're forced to be in your house. Just take this time. And just plan on how am I going to take advantage of these things that I'm learning today where I can go on and have, this, have all these things working for me. And you know the other thing without closing up here, but in verse 3 of that 12, Hebrews 12, it says here to consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself that you become weary and discouraged. And it also talks about in verse 2 the joy. I tell you, you get a vision for some things. Uh, when I think of going on with the Lord and doing the things, the visions, there's joy in it. It's exciting to know that I don't have to do this out of myself. I can do this out of just out of the Word of God, all of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit working in my heart, molding me. So God bless you today, and I'm going to ask God now to, to bring a special blessing into your life. Just a special blessing, uh, a blessing into your life. And when I speak blessing, I think of empowerment. So when I speak a blessing to you, I'm going to ask the Lord right now. I want you to pray with me and drink this in. I'm going to say, Lord, I ask you to bless every person that's watching today. I pray, Father, that each person, and you specifically, I'm speaking to some people right now, that it's really getting hold of your heart. I want you to listen to this. I'm, I'm asking the Lord to fill your heart with a new excitement this day. I'm asking the Lord to bring healing not only into your physical body, but into those things that have disrupted your life. I'm asking the Lord to help you know through 1 John 1, 9 and so on that you can be forgiven for those things that you think you've done they are so bad. You've not done anything that's so bad that you can't be forgiven. And I'll tell you another thing. Many times when people uh, wake up and they look at the Lord and they say, Jesus, I want you to come into my life. I want to be free. More than one time we hear testimonies of people that receive physical healings for their body. So, yeah, do I believe in healing? Yes, I do. As a matter of fact, people, you know, say, well, I think miracles all passed away. Well, they can think that. But see, I've seen too many. In 42 years of walking with the Lord, I've seen so many signs, miracles, healings, and a couple outstanding miracles that you can't talk me out of it.
You just can't, so don't even try. But if somebody wants to believe they were all gone, fine. That's, it may be gone for them, but it's not gone for you. I want you to get hold of it, and, and in Jesus' name, hallelujah. Thank God, thank God, thank God, thank God, even as I pray, and he's, he's and I close here today. I even just saw somebody with a bad throat infection, and I'll just bind that power of that right now in the name of Jesus, and, and uh, just declare healing by the stripes of Jesus over your body, in, in Jesus' name, amen. So be blessed today. Thank you so much. <laughs> and and uh, I, I will tell you this. I, I would like, in closing, I would like to have you send, you know you're on Facebook. There's a messenger. Send me comments or questions about anything about Sandy and I. Uh, you know, uh, what I'm trying to say is uh, uh, tap into us. And we'll be on here again, but God bless you all. Love you all very much. I'm doing this out of the love of the Lord in my heart and Sandy's heart. We're for you. God's for you. And who can be against you? Nobody. In Jesus' name, amen.